Good evening, everyone, or good afternoon, or good morning for whoever might be listening to this and whenever you might be listening. This is a supplemental issue of Linux in the Ham Shack, recorded by just me, Russ, K5TUX. Right now, I happen to be in the San Jose Marriott out in San Jose, California. I am attending OSCON, the O'Reilly Open Source Convention. And I just thought that since this is an open source convention and had a lot to do with Linux and topics that might be of interest to our listeners, that I would present a little bit of information from my experiences out here at the conference. I do apologize for any audio quality problems as this is being recorded on my laptop microphone without any additional equipment or processing so it probably won't have the audio quality that you're used to but that's okay we'll move on my journey out to san jose started in branson missouri i drove there from my home and this was my first experience taking off from branson missouri it is as far as i know the first and only privately funded commercial airport in the world it was recently opened back in may of this year and so far there are only two airlines that fly in and out of Branson Airport they are Sun Country and AirTran AirTran is the flight that I took and they are based out of Atlanta so my flight from the center of the country to the west coast took me through Atlanta Hartsfield Branson is a smaller airport it has a long runway it's able to land larger jets but there are no jet bridges all boarding takes place outside so you have to actually go out on the tarmac and get on these portable ramps to get up to your airplane so that was an interesting experience for a commercial airport I don't see that a lot luckily for me I did get to fly first class on AirTran or what they're calling business class now so that was enjoyable I didn't abuse the privilege too much although I did partake a little bit you know you can't hardly let it go if if the opportunity is presented to you the flight did take off fairly late in the afternoon. It left at 6 p.m. I did have to fly to Atlanta. Even with the three-hour time difference in San Francisco, which is my final destination, I didn't get there until 1 o'clock in the morning. After getting my bags and picking up my rental car, I did not get to the hotel until about 2.30 in the morning. I did go on a brief hunt for food, found out that almost nothing is open at 2.30 in the morning in the Silicon Valley, and wound up grabbing a soda and a bag of M&Ms at the hotel before finally getting to sleep around 4 a.m. And now 4 a.m. California time is, of course, 6 a.m. local time, so I was pretty beat. I did manage to get up and get to the conference registration early in the next morning, and the first thing I found out was that they thought my registration was incomplete. However, a, a quick trip over to the OSCON conference customer service desk quickly figured that out. They gave me my badge, my conference materials, which included a free bag, which, by the way, they seem to be getting cheaper with each year. They used to be kind of neat. Now it's basically just a piece of nylon. That was a little bit depressing, although OSCON is one of the less expensive conferences that I attend during a typical year. Uh, it would be nice to see them actually spending a little more time and a little more effort and maybe putting a little more thought into the things they give out as part of the tuition. 
The first couple of sessions that I attended went by kind of like a blur due to my jet lag slash sleep deprivation, but I will mention um, what they were. I don't, um, I have some notes and things that I took. The two uh, tutorials that I attended were about programming and were probably more in-depth than I need to go into here. So I'll just outline what they were. The first one, my half day on Monday, was a tutorial called PHP The Good Parts. It was a pretty interesting lecture. Um, there was a good question and answer session toward the end and it was all about uh, good programming practices in PHP and what it does right, especially object-orientedness and some of the other things that make it a good counterpart to other programming languages and scripting languages that are out there today. Uh, it was done by Chris Shiflett and Sean Coates, both of a company called OmniTI, and the presentation was quite good. After lunch, the second part of the day was a session called Internet Programming with Python. This one was presented by Wesley Chun of CyberWeb Consulting. Basically, this one talked about how to leverage Python as an application development platform for web applications. And this is something I've been interested in. I've been trying to get away from using PHP exclusively when I do web programming. So this should get me a little bit closer to using Python. Python is something I've been interested in, I've tried it here and there, but with so many other things to do in a given day, I find that I really don't have a lot of time to use it, and going to sessions like this makes me think that one of these days I'll get around and actually be able to deal with Python a little bit in the future. I managed to get to sleep really, really late on Monday. It wasn't my first choice, but that's the way things work out. However, I did manage to get up and go to my tutorials again on Tuesday. Now Tuesday I was much more awake and both of the tutorials that I went to were excellent and I'll have some information that might be of interest to our listeners for these two because they have to do with Linux topics that aren't programming and may be of use to even beginners. The first one was called Linux System and Network Performance Monitoring. It was presented by Darren Hoke of Strongmail Systems. This one was really, really in-depth. It probably should have been done in the afternoon instead of in the morning because I wound up pretty much brain fried by lunchtime. However, there were some excellent points and there were some excellent utilities that were given out during this talk. I don't want to go into all of the minutiae that was brought up because it had to do with things like input-output subsystems, virtual memory monitoring, a bunch of things like how blocks are written to and from disks, how different file systems are structured, how data is transferred in the system to and from disk or network into CPU cache and then processed by the CPU, how threading worked, and all kinds of very, very advanced topics. The four hours in the tutorial was very, very in-depth. However, there were a couple of tools for monitoring that were mentioned, which are tools that you can apt-get in your Ubuntu installation or your Debian installation, and which may be of interest to people who are just kind of looking around in the systems and are curious how things work. There's a utility called VMstat, which deals with virtual memory statistics. There's PDFlush, which also has to do with virtual memory. 
KSwapD is the virtual memory swapping daemon that Linux uses to handle paging as well. And then there are other utilities that you may be more familiar with, like TCP Dump and Wireshark, which actually listen to network connections, download packet information, and then there's another one called TCP Trace, which can actually reconstruct a network connection and tell you all the pieces of it. Wireshark can actually do things like rebuild a connection as well. I've used it to actually put together a VOIP call and listen to the voice messages that are stored on a voicemail system or even reconstruct a conversation done via VOIP. Wireshark can also tell you where problems exist in your network and things like that. So if you have any network problems or if you just want to see what's going on on your network, you might want to use TCP Dump, TCP Trace, and Wireshark. The tutorial itself, the slides from it, can be found at www.ufs, that's Uniform Foxtrot Sierra, dump.org, ufsdump.org. And if you're interested in taking a look at what I saw during the tutorial, you can download that and look at it using a PDF browser or I believe it's actually it might actually be in uh, slide format as well but definitely as PDF. After lunch the afternoon session was a session called Scalable Internet Architectures. Uh, this one was done by another uh, gentleman from Omni TI called Theo Schlossnagel and that's quite a mouthful there. He's a very intelligent guy he wrote a book on scalable internet architectures for O'Reilly and his presentation was also very uh, in-depth, uh, not quite as in-depth as the previous one. He did bring up some high-level issues about how to set up your systems and your network and design your entire core infrastructure so that it is scalable and highly available. He emphasized things like version control, particularly for applications, that is if you're going to be programming, make sure you put it into a version control system like Subversion or Bazaar or something like that so you can keep track of all the changes that are made. He also emphasized making sure that you keep track of the configurations of your devices, especially if you have something like a notebook or a desktop PC or a piece of routing gear, even something as simple as a Netgear router or a wireless device that has its own configuration, he suggests making sure that you back up those configurations and keep them in version control so that if you ever make any changes you know exactly what happened and when. He also emphasized that it's very good practice to monitor everything. So if you have a spare computer on your network you might think about running applications like Nagios or Cacti Nagios and Cacti both re retrieve the same kind of data, but they give you different kind of information. Nagios will do things like tell you when a particular node has gone down, and Cacti will actually give you trending information. It will show you how much traffic passes over a link in a given amount of time. It will show you when you're getting attacked sometimes. Nagios, of course, will show you the beginning and end result of that if you're denial of service attacked and it takes down a node, the Nagios will be able to alert you. Well, Cacti can show you when the attack started, when it stopped. They also provided an information about 
OmniTI's new solution, which is supposed to roll together Nagios and Cacti functionality into an open source utility called Reconnoiter. It went into public alpha on the day of tutorial, which was Tuesday, and that was Tuesday the 21st of July. I haven't bothered to download and check that out, but it's definitely something I'm interested in. We're using a proprietary solution right now, and I'm curious to see how Reconnoiter will compare with that solution. He talked about other things that were interesting, including uh, bottlenecks in your network, how to farm out your hosting if you happen to have a high level of network traffic because you have a popular site, when it becomes a good idea to farm that out to Akamai or to somebody else, and when it's good to keep that kind of thing in-house and do it yourself. That's more from an enterprise standpoint, not from a personal standpoint, but for scalability's sake, it's something to think about. He also talked about how adding performance to your system is an easy thing, where you just kind of throw memory and CPU speed and cache and hard disks at a problem to alleviate current bottlenecks, but that doesn't equal scalability. Scalability is a much harder thing to do. It requires a lot more thought, a lot more insight, and the ability to plan out for the future. He then gave uh, several slides that included math concepts which explained how how you need to set up a system and how you need to set up a network to make it truly scalable. It was all very interesting, all very cerebral, and enough to make one's head explode by the end of the day. After that, I managed to sleep quite well that night, and I'm not sure how much of the information I retained, but I guess we'll find out in about three months when scalability becomes an issue. Now, that's pretty much it for the first couple of days of OSCON. I don't want to hit too much information in this one little segment. I plan to do another incremental update from OSCON. I may do it actually after I get home, just to sort of wrap up what happened during the second half of the conference. But that's my introduction to the first half of the O'Reilly Open Source Convention. Now, there's plenty of other stuff that goes on at these conventions. In the evenings, there are what are called boff sessions. Those are birds of a feather. That's when a bunch of people gather around and talk about things of like interest. Things range from development on Symbian cell phones to women in open source to just about any other thing you can think of. There are also vendor talks where companies invite attendees to come and talk about products, usually their own. Those tend to be great for attendees because they usually wind up giving out a lot of free food, a lot of free toys, doing raffles, drawings, and a lot of them even have booze. So hard to go wrong with that. So some of the things I plan to talk about in part two of my incremental update are the exhibition that I attended and some of the firms that were there and some of the things they had to offer. Some of the morning technical sessions, keynote speakers, the after parties, which I so far haven't attended and may wind up not attending. But if I happen to hit one of those, I'll definitely let everyone know. And I'll hit the O'Reilly Lightning Talks and the Open Source Awards, which was a session that happened on Tuesday night, I believe. And that was really interesting. That was definitely one to, worth talking about, and I will put some notes together and get to that in uh, number two. And then uh, tomorrow night, on Friday night, the 24th, I will be going to the 
Tech Museum of Innovation. They're doing walking tours for OSCON attendees, and that's across the street, and I definitely want to get a little report on that, as it sounds like a very interesting tour. So that's my update from OSCON number one, supplemental to Linux in the Hamshack number 18, which came out yesterday. So I want to thank everybody for downloading the program and listening. And I'm sorry that you can't hear Richard's wonderful voice on this podcast, but this is one of my own. With that, I will give you our information. If you're looking for Linux in the Hamshack, you can find it at lhsinfo.org. Make sure to go to zoom.net or iTunes or download the RSS feed from our website. Feel free to donate to the podcast if you find it useful or interesting. There's a donate button located on the left side of the front page. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com stroke jrwoodman. You can follow Richard on Twitter at twitter.com stroke kb5jbv. Richard's email address is kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com. And mine is k5tux at blacksparrowmedia.com. Feel free to leave us comments on the website. Go to the forums at blacksparrowmedia.com. Leave us information, suggestions, or questions there, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Send us an email and leave us a voicemail at 417-429-4069, and we'll get your voice on the podcast. So thanks everyone for listening to this special update from O'Reilly Oscon in San Jose, California, and I'll be back in a couple of days to give you part two. And then we'll have our regular release of Linux in the Hamshack number 19 after we record live next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central, 0100 Zulu, from San Jose where it's about 59 degrees and a beautiful evening. We'll see you next time.